This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another episode for Anfield Index of Post-Conference Presser. I'm your host, Dave Davis, coming at you from uh, a semi-balmy but maximum windy Edinburgh, where I can literally see things flying off my line as we speak. But hey-ho, we'll carry on at the same time. So... We're at the business end of the season. There is not many games left to play. There's debate as to whether there's much left to play for the way this season's gone for the Reds. But with things still to play for, we head to the capital city and the interesting task of West Ham away on Wednesday night. So it was an early morning press conference for the gaffer where he took some interesting questions, I'll phrase it that way, and some maybe unexpected ones, probably from a, a mood a little bit more playful, if that's the right phrase, than his Lee's press conference. Still a few straight bats, but a bit of a joviality with the journalist. So we'll probably see what I mean more as we move through it. We'll do the usual, ladies and gents. So we'll talk about his comments, the questions he was asked. We'll definitely have a look back to Saturday, some clues from the Forest game. We'll talk about West Ham threats, some potential things we need to be aware of, the usual formation and lineup chat, and then predictions time, where you can all scream in agreement or disagreement, whichever it may be. As normal, always important to say there is an embargo which should lift tonight. So 10.30, Tuesday night, the embargo will be lifted. So all to see what's in there. But Without further ado, let's get right into it. So, plenty asked to Jurgen Klopp today. Started with the normal, Vinnie O'Connor, Sky, with a few questions. And an understandable one here that was asked last week, but revisited, about Bobby. And will we see him back 
before the end of the season. Now, as we mentioned last week, I think this is a completely fair and valid question because we all know how long a Bobby Firmino knock can last, the impact, what it can mean. And there's not many games left of the season for Firmino to come back, is there? There's just a bit of concern. Will we get to give him the send-off he deserves? So interesting response from the manager. So he actually, you know, looked at Vinny O'Connor with a bit of surprise and said, I did say he wouldn't be back this week, didn't I? Yeah, and the way you did it playfully. But lots of times you don't listen. It's a bit of a smirk there. Hopefully, though, after this week, he's back in team training. But we have to wait and see. Again, there's not really much we can do, is there, until after Spurs and see what happens. But fingers crossed, we do get to see him our number nine again, and give him the send-off he deserves. But speaking of forwards, the next question was around Diogo Jota. Understandably, having not scored for 32 games, they're like London buses, aren't they? It's two doubles in a week. So the gaffer was asked what's changed. Interestingly, a bit different from the way he talked about Darwin last week. He really went hard for Diogo in a positive way. So just let's look at Lee's comments said he was an exceptional player, super smart player, and has super interesting skills. He can finish with both feet, naturally talked about his injury and the impact, but he's a really outstanding player, and we could discuss him all day. Now, again, as we always say, and it's important to shout out that that's power phrase, it's little bits, so we'd always recommend watching the full press conference yourself before making judgments on comments only. But very distinct and really effusive praise there for for Jota, which was, I'm not saying it's a direct comparison. That is not what I'm suggesting at all, but been different from how he spoke about Darwin the other week. So, you know, heavy praise there for Diogo Jota. Injury is his only issue. He just needed the rhythm. So you can see the manager is, you know, ecstatic and rightly so to have Jota back in scoring form, but really praising of the player. So that will be a heck of a boost to him, if anything. Naturally, the final question that Video Connor got was about the European picture in Liverpool's form. And I get this because it's their job to build the drama. Let's not be mistaken on this at all. But talked about how the West Ham game is an opportunity, you know, to find their feet. Interesting response from the manager said, yeah, but West Ham have, the, you know, have found their feet themselves looking at their recent results. And we still have to prove it to ourselves. He did say... There's a lot of things to like about recent performances, which I think we'd all agree is true, but it's got to continue into next season. <laughs> One thing we did like, happy that we have won an away game. I think we're all ecstatic that we won an away game in recent times. If only we could win, have won more of them 6-1, it would be a lot better, but hey-ho, here we are. Sense of, again, a bit of playfulness from the manager. An interesting question that was asked about the lineup. Didn't even know this until the, the journal called it out. It's the same starting lineup three games in a row, which maybe surprised a lot of people. I'm going to say, be honest, it's completely surprised me if anyone's heard the predictions. But as the journal said, it's the first time since 2020 that we've been able to do that. So we asked Jurgen about that and an interesting response. Said it was a positive this time, as usually it's been injuries, which is probably a fair point. So we've not been able to do that. But also reiterated the point about training, being able to have those sessions. Said it a few times as well. It's clear in a few sessions, you know, 
players that want to prove they should stay in this team and who's, you know, fighting to come back into it. So again, it's the focus on training and having those sessions. So who's to say whether we'll get it for a full time? I have my serious, serious doubts that we'll get to, but it's natural, ladies and gents. It's pressing certain questions forward, such as the Darwin scenario, the fullback, the change in formation, the consistency. So it is natural that there's certain things there, but we will naturally come on to this when we talk about formation and lineups. The last two were uh, a bit different topics to maybe what you'd expect. This one for me personally came well out of left field. And it's an understandable question, I suppose. We just didn't expect it, or I didn't expect it at least, in the West Ham press conference. So, the manager was asked from a journalist about Connor Bradley. So the Northern Irish youngster, fullback on loan at Bolton, who, you know, are going for the, the playoffs, trying to get promoted from, from League One. How we seen his form and how he's done? And an interesting response from the gaffer. So mentioned that there's constant contact and maybe even gave a bit away that Pep Linders has set up a WhatsApp group. I'll leave your suspicions to that of what it is, what it says, but... Their manager did clarify that's with the younger players on loan to keep in contact. So said what he's been doing is great. You know, suspect he'll be player of the year for Bolton potentially. And that it's been a win-win situation. Naturally, we took it a bit further, which I liked. Said, you know, we'll come back in pre-season and we'll make a decision based on what we've seen. Which I think is the right approach because naturally it was probably going to be the question. What are you going to do with him? What are the plans for him? So took that head on early doors. Love this comment as well. Love the way he phrased it as well. Now, this may be some of you ladies and gents, but he said, bar a few football nerds, people wouldn't have known or fans wouldn't have known about him. So I'll let you decide if you're in that category. And then double down with Connor will be our player. So we will decide then in pre-season what we do. Fascinating this, that it's kind of came to the table in a youngster because he's kind of keen to... I suppose I'd call it safeguard. I think even the Ben Doak questions at one point, he's not really wanted to, to tackle them or go into to depth, just saying they've got a lot to learn, trying to protect them somewhat. But this it does raise a few questions, naturally, amongst fans. Like, do we think Bradley will come straight into the squad? There's been talk about competition for Trent, naturally. Do we buy another fullback? The other thing that, that's quite interesting, which... I actually thought he may have done, and I'm not going to read too much into this because it's a question that can catch him on the hop, potentially. No mention of Calvin Ramsey whatsoever. I thought that might be one mentioned that, you know, Ramsey has got a year of experience in the, the SPL, you know, at that level of football. So did have more first-team games under game, sorry, under his belt than Connor Bradley, but zero mention of Calvin Ramsey. So, that will naturally, I'm not trying to be too suspicious here because you can read too much into things, but a few questions that will linger a bit there for a while. So we'll have to see on that one. And the final sort of point of the, the press conference before the embargo, James Pierce asked a great question about the sporting director, something that's kind of been rumbling on for a while, but we've not heard too much about. Interesting response from Jurgen Klopp. I know I'm using that word interesting. I'm trying to think carefully how to phrase it and give too strong an opinion. But it's going in the right direction, he was keen to reiterate. The phrasing here was crucial. He's not involved in the direct talks, i.e. with the people themselves, but he's involved in the talks 
around those, as in like the selection of the candidates, who they should be interviewing, etc. And he's not the person who can give a real answer. Interesting, this one, because, you know, I'll try and we'll go for a record of interestings here, but there's a lot of talk amongst the fan base, amongst us all, that what is happening with the sporting director? How much influence will they have? Will they be Jurgen Klopp's puppet? Will Klopp basically dictate to them? Or will we almost go back to that old for- formula when they're working in harmony, maybe the right phrase, all together? to get the best solution. A lot of questions around that. Now, naturally, there was a bit of a follow-up from from James Pearce about, you know, a sporting director in that structure. Klopp was quite direct with this and, you know, almost challenged it back, I would say. Asked about, well, structure, yeah? How many operate the old style out there where there's no sporting director and the manager enjoys that autonomy? Yeah, I think as, as people were discussing, he even asked the you know, a full 360. He asked about, do United have it? A unanimous no from the board of journos there. So, you know, company, what he was doing there, very much turning it around full 360. Probably the, the strongest point of that is a lot of people think he now, out of anyone in world football, enjoys that autonomy at this current point. But you will all have your own opinions over that. But a real... A to B press conference, definitely not in a straight line, definitely not on a tangent, but some interesting questions in an odd order by journos that, you know, the manager was a bit playful with today, but was happy to expand upon, let's say that. So definitely, again, to reiterate, one to watch and then make up your own mind. So, listen, we go back to Forest and Clues. Dear God, I think that shaved years off a few people's life. It seemed a lot harder than it needed to be in simple terms. And by the end, despite probably dominating the stats, you know, possession, shot, everything like that, there was still a sense of relief that we did not have to face any long throw-ins or set pieces that way. So, you know, some real standout performances, another double from Diogo Jota, another Salah winner, things that, you know, we don't mind hearing on regular basis. Basis, I don't even know where is it, on a regular basis. Both fullbacks getting an assist, you know, Trent in that new role. And probably the, the ones to talk about are the contrast in Trent getting an assist in that role, keeps that going. I mean, an XA of 0.72 over the last few games is outstanding. Interestingly enough, though, Robbo and, and his role will probably talk about that a bit more in, in this game and how people are seeing it. But the honest assessment was, again, more difficult than it needed to be. Liverpool, old boys, gave us some trouble, didn't they? Nico, yes, I know people are going to shout his deflection, but got on the score sheet, even clearing off the line, didn't he, from Cody Gakpo. Big Taiwo, you know, gave Ibu nay, um, nightmares all game, really, I thought. Ibu struggled to get to grips with him, handle him. And, you know, even for their first goal, sort of won the, the flick that then leads to the assist for Nico. So I thought that the two old boys, you know, gave a good account of themselves. So it wasn't enough, most importantly, but fair play to them. I know we ask as well, anyone played their way in and out. Now, there was a few grumbles, let me say that, about Robbo. And even the manager, you know, talked about it in the press conference afterwards, was quite clear that if Trent's advancing, Robbo cannot just bomb on. 
despite you know what might be wanted. And I heard a few groans as well in the stadium on on Saturday about that. You know, it was very clear that he's given Robbo those instructions. We can't just leave two at the back and you know leave ourselves exposed, which I kind of understand in the current circumstances. This one. I'm going to handle with kid gloves and just because it is a nuclear ball of debate. But the Hendo, in that role, you are going to have your opinions on it, whatever I say. I thought he was decent. And I know someone's going to be shouting about the moving Nunes for their equaliser. I get that. I thought he was decent. And I'm going to leave it at that because you're not going to agree what I say or don't say either way. The forward scenario, I mean, at the moment, you're never going to leave Mo Salah out anyway. And on form, say on form, he's not always playing that great. And sometimes, you know, he doesn't use the ball well. But he's knowing where the goal is again, isn't he? Jota just seems that pattern of if he gets an opener, be it even if it's a bit scruffy or whatever it may be, the second one tends to be a bit of a, a confidence. You saw it against Leeds, that volley. <sighs> wow. Did the boy follow it up here against Forrest? The almost the pirouette, the spin from the chest to the knee to the left foot as well, as Klopp says, finished with either foot. You cannot drop Jota in this form. It would be madness. Then again, we know Jurgen Klopp doesn't always subscribe to the popular opinion, so we'll have to see for that. Gakpo is an interesting one. Again, some nice touches at times, but again, invisible for periods. And again, there was parts where, you know, he needs to hold the ball better. That being said, Darwin's cameo maybe summed up his season. There was some brilliant stuff. One free kicks. There was one even where, if anyone saw it, the little back heel to turn and go in behind was absolutely brilliant. And then it's followed up by a cross to absolutely nothing. It's also sort of side-parted by that bit where he wins. You know, he's in unmarked practically in the box and he looks like he should bury it, but he puts it wide. Maybe the story of Darwin's season, as we know, some real highs, but some bits where it does leave you scratching your head. So difficult to to say about playing their way in and out for certain people. You know, it's three in a row. So what do I know? I change the team every time, but we'll come to that later on. West Ham threats, ladies and gents. Let's not mince our words. There are definitive threats here from a team that... Just to start to feel a bit of form. They're in European semi-finals, the Europa Conference Leagues. They'll be buoyed by that. They just won 4-0 in their last game. And if you think even at the, the last game at this stadium, 2-0 down against the league leaders, Arsenal, came back to draw 2-2. There is plenty of fight in them. Maybe the biggest hope, and I mean this is almost something we can not grasp onto, but look at a positive, they do look safe now. If you want to have a quick glance, if you've not already at the bottom of that table, you would think, having beaten Bournemouth, almost a six-pointer there for safety, that they do look safe. And at the same time, and I mean this seriously, you would hope that the European semi-final, I should say, just maybe takes their eye off the ball. That being said, we've got to deal with a few things. They're good from set-pieces. Not what we want to hear. They've got some absolute behemoths, haven't they? When you look at them like Ogbonna, Suchek, it's understandable why they're good from set pieces. We know Miguel, Mikel Antonio. Yeah, we just think how Ibu's mainly done against that big forward, Taiwo Awonye, on Saturday. 
maybe there's a blueprint from there. Maybe even when you think of Antonio, bigger, faster, stronger, bit daft punk, I appreciate, but however you want to see it, there's a few things to be concerned about. And then the biggest thing is looking at the photos they put out. I hope in some magical way we get to wear the third kit, i.e. that green racing Jaguar, whatever it is, type of colour. And not the, you know, I like it to a certain extent, probably not the results away, but I like the kit more than that. As opposed to what would only be described in the West End as a bit of a play on the show, Jürgen and his technical shite show when we've had that away kit. And let's be honest, it has been absolutely horrendous when we've worn that. So, God, if we could be a miracle if we win one in that kit by the end of the season. So let's see what beckons come Wednesday night. Interestingly enough, talked about David Moyes, you know, asked about his uh, support from the top and, you know, how it's gone for him. Said, normally doesn't look at other teams, but again, a bit of playfulness from the manager. He knew he would have been the oldest manager in the Premier League if Moyes was to depart. So that's why he's happy to keep Moyes in place in that regard. So you'll probably see what I mean there by a bit of a, a bit of playfulness from the manager there. In regards to the formation and lineup, ladies and gents, well, this 3-2-5, if you want to call it that, seems to be very popular. I would be surprised if we didn't see, again, a variation on that. Probably the biggest thing to point out is, and Jürgen mentioned this about Forrest in the press conference, they very much put people on the double six, as he called it, i.e. Fabinho and Trent in there. You saw that on Saturday, they put markers there. And the idea was to force Ibu out, you know, Ibu for all his strengths. And, you know, we're, we love him. He's an absolute cult figure, you know, especially what, what he's done in the short period of time. Probably the, the weakness to his game. And I'm saying this, bearing in mind that he played a great long ball and Jota, you know, but for a save from Navas, would have had a, a top-class goal. Distribution is probably his weakness, yeah, passing through the lines. He's, he's not bad, that's wrong to say, but he's not brilliant. So it'll be interesting to see if it is the same formation, how they deal with that. Bobby, we know, is out. Navigator, I'll leave you to make your decisions there, but maybe back in initial basics of training, as the manager put it. Looking at Forrest, Gakpo and Fabinho came off early. That, I believe, is quite telling. We'll come back to it, and then we'll deal with the forwards. So I actually believe the back line... And he did mention Ibu, we've just got to see, but we've seen that, or we've heard that before, I should say, and Ibu's been fit. But I suspect it will be the same, you know, Trent, Robbo, VVD, Ibu, Allison in the sticks. Midfield will be fascinating. I think that's the one where we might see changes. Hendo, the captain, has played a lot of minutes, a lot of minutes recently. And if you look when he normally gets to these type of scenarios, we usually have a knock, an injury, a bit of a breakdown, whatever you want to call it. So, I do, well, I would be astonished. I've got to, you know, be honest about that if Hendo does start. So I think Fabinho will start. Curtis Jones, a tough one. Not a great performance, you know, maybe like a lot of the team, probably just didn't move it quick enough at the right moment, especially in the the first half. Didn't do anything necessarily wrong per se, but... I do think that he will get the nod, rightly or wrongly. And then I do think it's the right time, personally. Watch me be wildly wrong on this. But personally, I think you bring Thiago 
back into the mix. He's had those few cameos, he's getting ready, but we can't just keep using the same personnel all the time. Probably a shout for, for Harvey Elliott. I know there was a big feeling for that on Twitter. Wasn't there that, you know, more than Hendo, trying to avoid that debate as ever, but Harvey Elliott, you know, in that attacking position. My only concern is, again, it's back to that out of possession. You're then looking at Trent, Salah, Harvey. Does it give you that solidity? I'll let people make the judgments. But for me, I think the midfield that he will go with is Fabinho, Thiago, Curtis Jones. Naturally into a 3-2-5 with Trent as double pivot, but let, let's see. Let's call that the starting midfield. Forward line. There is a bit of me thinks, again, now he's... Yeah, let's set this out fully. He said the other week, Darwin Nunes is going to start games. I'm astonished he didn't start Forest because they, on paper, were the weakest team, you know, we're going to face. This is probably one of the most difficult games. So probably by the reverse 360 logic, it wouldn't surprise me if he started. But the fact he took Gakpo off early just made me suspect that he's going to start him again. And we've, you know, we've heard about his counter-pressing. I wouldn't do it. I would love to see Nunes start games. And, and, and there's a bit of me thinking, I get what he's talked about, his English and everything like that. But if Darwin's not going to play regular minutes, if Darwin's not going to start, you know, these games and get that time, how is Darwin going to get used to the system and improve? That's the biggest questions. But all that aside, I think it will be Cody that joins Jota and Salah. So that is my prediction for the lineup. But listen, three in a row were right, or the same team, I should say. Three in a row were wrong from me. So I would not hold too much weight to that. We'll find out tomorrow night. And the final thing in that, ladies and gentlemen, that I probably have debated back and forth. I mean, we had the revelation, or not revelation, the, the confirmation this week that a few news outlets were questioning it, but they've, you know, they've gone big on it, that by the nature now of the FA Cup final, that's the confirmation. It's the two Manchester teams. There will be an extra place that opens up in the Europa down to six rather than the conference. So hard to see positives, but you've got to look for the little things, haven't you, this season? So a draw at West Ham isn't what we want. And it probably does end any lingering, small, minute hopes of the top four and the Champions League. They probably reduced even further after Newcastle absolutely spanked Spurs and, you know, the points difference, the game to go. But looking at it now, I think tomorrow night, if we're going to have any small miniature hoax, we have to win. But why am I talking about this? I just get the feeling it will be a draw. So my honest prediction on that is 1-1. So 1-1 at the Capital City Stadium, or whatever it's called. I don't really care. It's not, the, it's not Upton Park anymore. However... Mo Salah, you can't bet against him. And I think, you know, he took down more records this week, didn't he? Around eight and eight games, breaking his own record. You know, he's just a, he's a head or level with Robbie Fowler, just behind Stevie Gerrard, which you'd probably back about him hitting 30 goals, overtaking him into to fifth place in the all-time goal scorers. So let's look at the positives in that regard. But yeah, I think 1-1, Mo Salah to score. I would love to be completely wrong. Things will rumble on, I suspect, this week, other notable things that 
as it came out, that it's unlikely Mason Mount will play for Chelsea again this season. Who will his next appearance be for? I'll lead you to debate. Things will rumble on with the sporting directors, transfers, all those types of things. The mood kicks on with Alexis, McAllister, Kaiser. You're going to hear it all for the next few weeks. But in regards to West Ham and post-conference presser, I've been Dave Davis for Anfield Index, and we'll speak soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.